Well, welcome to the Bill Bennett Show. It's the podcast that translates Donald Trump. We take an honest look at the current administration. We expose the existential threats to America. Joining me today is Tom Klingenstein. Tom is a principal in the investment firm of Cohen Klingenstein LLC, and he's the chairman of the board of directors of the Claremont Institute. That's how I know him. Uh, I want to discuss a few things first. Claude? Yes. Claude. Well, the president didn't listen to you. I don't know. <laughs> listen some to me, but I don't, I don't know. My, my most trusted analyst of this whole thing puts the odds of President Trump winning a re-election at 30%. Wow. I think it's a little better than that. I do too. Uh, yeah. Um, but um, there's been a lot of mistakes uh, and um, there's been a lot of opposition to him. It's, it's quite extraordinary, the opposition. There's not only the Democrat Party and its supporters, but the, the mainstream media is opposed to him. You have this number this morning, the economy growth for the third yeah, quarter, 33 percent, mm-hmm. which is the highest ever by a long shot in the history. Right, of the country. Right. And I was reading the reports and Bloomberg says a large but very temporary surge. This is the way <laughs> this is the way they cover <laughs> <laughs> president's successes. I mean, it really is quite, quite extraordinary. He's fighting uphill. We'll see. I was on TV. I predicted he would win. Okay. Uh, did that last time and I'm doing it. Uh, I'm doing it again. The polls are unreliable and we know how mm-hmm. bad they were last time. Mm-hmm. The problem is they've been pretty steady. Mm-hmm. They've been pretty constant. That's the part that bothers me. But boy, I just, you know, I, I, as a conservative Republican, I hope we hold on to the Senate because if it's all Democrat government, Look out, Katie, bar the door. It is going to be quite extraordinary. We'll talk to Tom Klingenstein about what are really what's at stake in this election. We're right on the edge of it. I hope you voted. I also wonder, you know, if it's close, as you say, Claude, I wonder mm-hmm. if we'll really have a result on Tuesday night where this right. thing will drag on. Um, court is allowing, Supreme Court even, is allowing, you know, counts and ballots to come in after the third. I think yeah. North Carolina just did a uh, one uh-huh. for nine days after. It's to prove yeah. nine days yeah. post-election. Yeah, yeah. no, so it's uh, all, all sorts of things going on. We'll see. Stay current on the threat posed by China with our friends at Committee on the Present Danger China. Go to presentdangerchina.org, presentdangerchina.org. You're listening to The Bill Bennett Show. Bill Bennett Show. Okay, it's time now to welcome Tom Klingenstein to the show. Tom is the principal in the investment firm of Cohen Klingenstein, LLC, and he's the chairman of the board of directors of the Claremont Institute. I was a fellow at the Claremont Institute for many years, several years, and that's how I know Tom. He is a patriot and a supporter of great conservative causes. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Great to have you with us. Well, Bill, thanks for having me. Um, let's start because I think the best introduction to Tom Klingenstein is what he thinks and believes. Let's start with the ad that you just cut, um, about this election. I found it very, very impressive. Claude, if you could play that and the audience and Tom and I will listen. This election is not about personalities. It's not about the virus or the riots. This election is about whether America is a good country or a bad one. The race is between a man who believes America is good and a man controlled by a party that believes America is bad. President Trump believes America is good. Joe Biden, on the other hand, calls America systemically racist. Whether he knows it or not, Biden is calling for the end of the American way of life. We must not allow America to be canceled. We must proclaim America's goodness. We must stand up and say America 
is not racist. Period. Listen to Tom Klingenstein discuss the defining issue of our time at americaisgood.us. For the sake of the audience, just a little history here. Um, I know Tom from years back. Uh, he was chairman of the board of the Claremont Institute. I was a fellow of the Claremont Institute for several years. Uh, and I know his steadfastness and his interest in politics. And he obviously approaches it at a deep level, as you just heard. A little bit of more recent history. Tom did a 17-minute uh, presentation on the stakes in this election. He sent it to me. He asked me to send it on to Rush Limbaugh, which I did. Rush played it on his show. Um, did he play it just once, Tom, or did he play it a couple of times? I don't recall. No, he didn't actually play it. He referred his audience. Refer- referred his audience to it, right. But he quoted from it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, extensively. And we're going to put a link up to that so our audience can listen to it. Would you expand on what you just said in that uh, one minute? The uh, belief that uh, the difference in belief, Donald Trump believes America is a good country. Joe Biden does not. First, I think the election is that simple. Right? If you think that America is a good country, then you've got to vote for Donald Trump. And it doesn't matter what you think about his personality or his character. He wants to save America. And the other guy probably unwittingly uh, wants to destroy it. Um, What people have to understand is that the ideology that now governs uh, the Democratic Party um, is an ideology that simply can't exist with the American way of life. The ideology is something called anti-racism, and it basically requires that all identity groups be equal with respect to to income and power. It means that uh, each identity group uh, defined by race or gender, sexual orientation, um, have the same number of CEOs and physicists, but also the same number of criminals and heart attacks. Uh, And that requires, to get to that point, just requires a totalitarian government that simply can't exist with a free society. You said in the uh, in the uh, one minute um, uh, advertisement, whether he knows it or not, uh, this is what he's about. Do you think he knows it? I don't think he has a clue. Yeah. He says things like transgender equality is a civil rights issue of our time. Yeah. I'm not sure he's he heard of transgenderism a few months ago. He has no idea what the transgender movement agenda is. It's extremely radical. And as I said in that 17-minute speech that you referred to, you know, the words that he is reading off that BLM teleprompter of his one day are going to get translated into, into policy. And the, and, the, and the policies, I think, will destroy the American way of life. I think he also, another example, he calls America systemically racist. What that is, in effect, is a call to overthrow the system. If it's systemically racist, then we've got to remake it. Now, he doesn't understand the implications of what he's saying, but that's what he's saying. In recent days, I, I think your message uh, on that ad has uh, been borne out in comments that the two have made. America is, uh, is great, and let's make America great again. The optimism about Donald Trump, we're turning the corner. This news this morning, Tom, uh, this is your business more than mine, 33% growth in the economy in the third quarter. That's pretty extraordinary, right? Uh, I looked at how the financial pages are covering it, and Bloomberg said, yep, 33%, but it's very temporary. I mean, and this guy's, this guy's got everybody against him. 
Tom, doesn't he? Yes, he certainly does. I mean, I, I don't I don't remember. I, it's hard to imagine a president more battered than Trump. Yeah. The fact that he stands up to that. Um, this is a very, very courageous man who knows who he is as a person. Right? He's very comfortable in his own skin. Regardless, again, what you think about his personality. And as I said at the outset, uh, Trump just believes in his bones that America is good. And if you notice, he makes no qualifications, right? He never apologetic. There's no guilt. He concedes nothing. Um, he's steadfast in his commitment to America. And when he sees it's being attacked, he, he defends it. I mean, one example, if I may go on for a second, is this executive order that banned the teaching of critical race theory, which is the America is bad narrative. Uh, he banned its teaching in the administ in, in administrative agencies. Well, that was a that was something that probably only Trump would have yeah. done. Yeah. And uh, we also have heard Joe Biden in that last debate talk about this uh, this dark winter uh, that is that is approaching. I mean, there's your there are your two visions of America. Uh, do you think that there's any question that a left wing agenda will be implemented um, if Biden is elected? And what will that agenda look like? What will be the things that will be done? Here are the things that worry me. You tell me whether I have it right or not. First of all. You know, will there be a, a wholesale effort to persuade more Americans that it's a terrible country, that it's a racist country? Or will they have conceded that by electing Biden if they do? But my worry is that uh, you expand the Supreme Court, uh, you make it a political institution, um, that you um, uh, give statehood to D.C. and Puerto Rico, four more Democrat senators, get rid of the filibuster. And I'm not sure Republicans uh, or conservatives ever see the light of day again in governing. Those are immediate things. I mean, not immediate necessarily in the time, but in terms of structural changes that a an all-Democrat government could make. Now, that assumes they get the Senate as well as the House and the President. Well, I, and I, obviously, I'm concerned about that. Um, but what I'm really concerned about, or I, what I think is underlying that, is they're going to destroy the American way of life. Um, they destroy our history. They destroy our values, our institutions. You know, one of the one of the blessings of the riots, if you can call it a blessing, is that it's exposed the agenda of the radical wing of the party. We know now that they want to destroy the traditional mother, father, family. They want to destroy religion and they want to destroy those things because they need to destroy the values that underpin the American way of life. So the cultural things, um, of course, the things that you talk about, the packing of the court, adding states, those, of course, will make the destruction of the culture that much easier. But it's the destruction of the American way of life. And I think Republicans have to do a much better job than they have been. Yeah defending the American way of life. They'll defend against court packing to the extent they can, or new states. They get that, just like they get the need to uh, support his Supreme Court nomination. But what they get a lot less of is the cultural attack, which at the end of the day is the most important thing. And one more comment, because, as you know, the cultural institutions have been lost, the only place we can fight culture is in politics. Politics, we still have people yeah. on the right, but they got to fight it. And I don't see anybody. You know, I was going to say, um, I was, I've been thinking, well, who, who could have fought this battle a generation ago? Well, you and Newt Gingrich, 
But we don't have, I mean, maybe other people as well, but we don't have the equivalents today as far as I can see. And Trump is a little bit limited, as good as he is. You know, the shift uh, it came home to me the other day, Jim Dobson called me to, for permission to air an interview I did with him 15 years ago. And he said, and it's still very good today. You talk about the indif- uh, you talk about the culture's indifference to the founders. And I just paused over that. I said, 15 years ago, we were talking about indifference to the founders. Now it's hostility to the founders. I mean, this has been the progression downward. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, look, if we're going to destroy culture, we have to destroy how we understand our past. Yeah. And we and the founders to us are very critical because, you know, the idea that all people are created equal, right? That goes a long way, not the entire way, but it goes a long way towards uh, explaining who we are as a people. So we have to destroy the founders and then we have to destroy Lincoln because Lincoln, of course, is our best explainer of the founding. So I don't think it's an accident that they deface his statues. It's not an accident. They take down Frederick Douglass statues who, as you know, um, understood America and yeah. understood the yeah. founding as Lincoln did. Yeah. Maybe one lighter moment here for a quick departure. You're a Lincoln scholar. I know that through and through. President often compares himself to Lincoln. I know. I knew that was going to get. I can see you. The audience can. They can see you smiling and laugh. How do you feel about that when he says, "I'm the greatest president since Lincoln"? And and maybe you know, maybe well, whatever. It leads you to draw your own conclusion. Um, you know, in 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 a way, he's right. I think. Uh-huh. Um, in in a way, because it's hard to imagine a better man for these times. Yeah. Right. For all his idiocies and and all the rest of it. China breaking. I yeah. said in my speech, you know, it's it, it seems to be almost providential. How else to explain this guy who's so unpresidential, who has, it seems to me, just the attributes that are needed at this moment. You know, it's like General Grant during the Civil War, right? He was a drunkard. He was crude. He was this, that, and the other thing. But okay. he had the one essential element that you needed at that moment. And Lincoln what, understood it. What did Lincoln say? He wins? Is that he, it? He, says, uh, he, he said, among other things, somebody came to him and said drunk. And he said uh, Grant was a drunkard, to which Lincoln said, uh, well, find me the brand of whiskey he drinks and send it to all my generals. Right, right. Didn't he say something like he wins So at one point? Yes, and he said, I can't lose this man. Yeah, okay, like right, that. right. You made a personal comment about me and Newt, and I don't deserve it, but thank you very much. I want to ask you something of a somewhat personal nature. No modesty here, please. You are a big-time financial guy in New York. Uh, you know Wall Street. You operate in very high uh, financial quarters. Most of the people you work with or associated with or in the same business as you are not for Donald Trump. Is that a fair assumption? It is fair. And also, Bill, as you know, I think I live on the Upper West Side of yep. Manhattan, perhaps yes, the most liberal yes, district right. in America. And in the, in the last election in my district, there were four people who voted for Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> and four. I know and I know two of the other three. Uh-huh. And actually, um, I'm a little bit worried on election night. I find it um, hard to believe I'm saying this. But if Trump wins, you know, the chances of violence in my neighborhood, yeah, yeah. I even worry about the people in my building and what they think about a guy 
who supports Trump. Sure. But I, I don't want you to explain yourself. You're an anomaly in your neighborhood, obviously. But explain the other folks. Why are they so opposed to Trump? Why are these very wealthy, very successful people who've done very well under a Trump economy? Why are they so opposed? I remember I brought my son to a group I was talking to. One of the big uh, financial companies, uh, J.P. Morgan or somebody, their board, can't remember. But it, it was, you know, it was a few years ago. And they were all, you know, all, all about Obama, all about Obama. What is what is going on here? My my son said liberal guilt or something. Explain that mindset. But Biden says, you know, I'm from, uh, you know, I'm from what's the little town he's from, and uh, Trump's Wall Street. But actually, his community is probably the community he grew up in, small town Pennsylvania. It's probably more for Trump than Wall Street is. Well, I guess you know liberal guilt. Uh, I think that comes into play. But I think mostly, you know, most of us go with the flow. Right. And this is the general thinking the um, the BLM thinking is the thinking of our cultural elites and the people who run our businesses are part of the cultural elites. Now, some of it, I think, is they have to buy off the left, but some of it is they've absorbed the zeitgeist. They believe yeah. in this anti-racism stuff, though I don't think they understand it. I think there's a lot a lot of people on the left are reasonable and there are lots of reasonable people are going to be very surprised what uh, what the policy agenda is of this group and there may be a lot of people and this happens in every revolution i think a lot of people think that when their party gets in control they'll be able to moderate radicals yeah i think that's highly unlikely uh you mentioned the institutions the culture uh the schools the colleges are they lost are they gone i don't know bill you know a lot more the answer is yes, they are. <laughs> than I do. I mean, all I can say is long, long ago, I stopped giving to my college. And I happen to have gone to the same college you did. And I remember you once told me you gave a dollar a year. Dime. 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 <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think the principle is the same. Yeah, it is. And I think uh, that expresses uh, my opinion. Oh, I think these places are just so corrupt. And you cannot teach our future citizens to disdain our country and expect to have a country. Right, right. And Trump gets that. And our Republican leaders, they may get it, but they don't stand up and object. I notice in his uh, speeches, one of his biggest applause lines is when he says, and let's teach our American history again with reverence and respect, you know, for the founders and the, and the founding principles. It's one of his biggest applause lines. This touches the audience. Always. I was listening to myself, which I hate to do, but my wife wanted to hear this interview I did, which I was complaining about the schools not opening. Then I thought, I don't know. I don't know if I'm that upset that they're not opening, given what they're handing out in those schools, given the propaganda, you know, that they try to pass off as education. I'm not so sure. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe they're better off in the street uh, than in uh, in some of those classrooms. I know it's a pretty radical thing for the former secretary of education to say, but I know what they are teaching right. and they're more likely to be teaching Howard Zinn than uh, radical, you know, the people's history of the American Republic than, than anything positive. Um, you know, I, again, I come back to, we need some leadership, right? We need public figures to stand up and say, this is bad and not again, to compliment you, Bill, but you were the kind of person who would stand up and say, this is really bad, and we can't teach our children, as I say, to disdain their country and expect to have a country. 
right? Education is really, really important. And I would say, Bill, it's national. It, it has yeah. very much national implications because you're teaching national citizens, That's right? right? Um, yeah. Yeah. What is Santa Ana said when the young are taught to doubt, they do not know what they can safely believe. That's it. I mean, it, it kind of says it all. And so they don't know when you say to them, you know, when the young girl asked me in the classroom, why do you love this country? She said, this is the first time I've heard some grown adult, fully grown adults, you know, talk about the country with such pride. First time she'd heard it. And people want to love their country. They want, or they, to do. Love, they want to love their country. Give them a reason to love their country. But again, we need leadership. I don't know what you think about this, Bill, but I think in the Republican Party, um, we don't have a lot of people, if any people, who are really defending the culture. When Trump defends the culture, some of his executive orders that ban the teaching of this America is evil narrative, they don't come to his defense in the way they come to his defense yeah. in other things. Yeah. Um, let's let's look uh, to the future. Um, you bear, care to make a prediction about the election? No, I have. Okay. I have no idea. All I have is hope. Okay. And you, have, and you have to have hope. If Biden is elected, and if he does the things uh, that I suggested, if there's a Democrat House Senate presidency, and you have Puerto Rico become a state, DC become a state, and you change the court and you get rid of the filibuster, et cetera, et cetera, does does the country recover? How does the country recover? Is America done? Can we ever say that? Horrible thing to I, think. I, I think, you know, I think there's always hope. I think that there's always hope. And I believe that there's enough of the old America out there that could be marshaled um, to, to really defend the country. That little girl who you said had never heard anybody defend America. Well, I think there are a lot of people like that. And they say people want to defend their own. Yeah, she, uh, she, uh, the bad news is she hadn't heard anybody do that before. The good news is she was curious about why. And I think because of what you just said, because she would like to love her country. But no one ever gave her the reasons why. No one ever gave her the reasons why. Tom, we, um, we salute you. We thank you. Uh, you are a great public man. Um, and we congratulate you for your efforts. Uh, we will put this uh, advertisement one minute up on the link, a link to it. And we'll put a link to the 17 minute presentation you made to which uh, Rush paid so much deserved attention. Is there anything else you'd like to say? America is good. That's what this election turns on. If you think America is good, then you vote for Donald Trump, regardless of what you think about his personality or character. Were all those, all those women in the suburbs, did they all study psychology at Vassar and, and, is that what went wrong? What went wrong with the, my wife is just so frustrated with these women, these friends of hers in the garden club and others who are just, what is wrong with you people? What happened? I don't know, Bill. I would turn that question on you. What do you, what do you think happened? I think they majored in psychology or sociology had left-wing professors. And, and I think, you know, it's a the sensibility of the times, kumbaya. And, and you know, I, I, I can't stand this argument. I heard from a young a son of a good friend of ours, he's 35 years old, who said, I just am tired of trying to explain Donald Trump to my son, you know, the Billy Bush stuff, you know, the, you know, the, uh, the uh, sexual exploits and all. That's not what the election is about. I mean, you could look at that stuff and say, oh, my God, as I did at the time, as many of us did. But that's not what the election's about. You know, and it's a sad reflection of the times. 
that we aren't worried about a man's character. But it, again, like General yeah. Grant, I wasn't worried about his character. Right. Yeah. The question was, would he fight and would he win? Yeah. And that's where we are now. As I say, it's a sad reflection on the times, but it's just where we are. And you have to understand, as you just articulated, that philandering and whatever terrible things that Trump did don't matter. If you're dying of thirst, there's only one thing that matters, the guy that has the water. And if there's one person who has the water and only one, you're for that guy. Philandering's not as bad as wrecking a country, right? Absolutely. And by the way, I don't think quite, you know, Trump is not as bad as all that. But I think rhetorically, you know, you concede all that. I don't care what you, you know, what, what is it you complain about Trump? I don't care. I'll concede it all. I'll stipulate it. Even so, if you think America is good and you want to save it, then you vote for Trump. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Tom. Thank you very, very much. Thank you, Bill. All right, folks, that's it for today's show. To catch up on previous episodes of the show, go to thebillbennettshow.com. You can follow me on Twitter at William J. Bennett. You can like me on Facebook. Just search Bill Bennett. Feel free to email the show. I'd love to hear from you. Podcast at gmail.com.